Welcome to the Covenant Journey Podcast. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to deepen your faith, knowledge, and love of our Lord Jesus as we explore the timeless treasures of the Bible. Join us now as we explore God's Word. On today's Covenant Journey Bible Podcast, we're going to be talking about being in impossible situations where there's no way out except for God. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Covenant Journey. We're going to be talking about Exodus chapter 14. This is the chapter now all of the plagues in Egypt have happened, and Pharaoh finally relented after so many situations of the plagues to let God's people go. seemed like it was a great victory. Moses was up against a lot of opposition. If you can imagine, Moses was called by God after spending 40 years tending sheep, He was called by God to go and speak to the most powerful leader on the planet, Pharaoh, the most powerful nation on the earth. And he was commanded to command him to let God's people go, let them go out into the wilderness so that they could sacrifice, not just a few people, but every person and all of the herds and all the flocks that they had, all of their possession. Well, obviously, Pharaoh knew that this was a ruse, that in fact, if he let everyone go, they wouldn't come back. And so you have one plague after another, and eventually you have the ten plagues take their course, but in the process of this situation, lots of people complained against Moses and against his brother Aaron, because things got worse. You remember after he first confronted Pharaoh, that what Pharaoh did was make their labor even worse. They were already slaves. Many of them were working themselves to the bone. And when Pharaoh was confronted, he ultimately said, you have to keep the same quota every day for your bricks, but now you have to get your own straw. And so they had to supply the elements for the brick making, whereas before it was supplied. So they had to work harder to accomplish the same amount of quota, and that caused a lot of grumbling among the people. Moses, you can imagine, people would say, we had it bad, but now we've got it even worse, and you've caused all of this. Moses could have just simply walked away, but he continued to press in to seek God's guidance, and God had a mission for him to accomplish. Now we're coming to the actual exodus. Things look up. They're leaving. There is the day that's actually arrived, and the entire nation is leaving Egypt. But now, chapter 14 of the book of Exodus. God spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they turn back and encamp before Pihahiroth, between Migdal and the sea, before baal Zephon. You shall camp opposite of it by the sea. Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. Verse 4, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will follow after them and I will get honor over Pharaoh and over all of his armies. And the Egyptians shall know that I am Yahweh or I am God, the Lord. They did so. It was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was changed towards the people. And they said, what is this that we have done, that we have let Israel go from serving us? No doubt his counselors were saying, we have other groups that we have enslaved. 
And this is the reason why we have all these great monuments that have been built. They've been built on the backs of these slaves. And now, when we let an entire nation, the nation of Israel, this entire in-people group of the Jews, go, what is going to happen to the others? You've been ridiculed. You've been mocked in front of all of your people. And now an uprising will happen because we're going to get more requests from other people groups to be let go just like these Jews were let go. And he reconsidered, and his heart was hardened, and he then decided to deploy his troops to go and slaughter all of the children of Israel and teach them a lesson. Verse 6, he prepared his chariot and took his army with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all of the chariots of Egypt and the captains over all of them. Yahweh, or the Lord, hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel, for the children of Israel went out with a high hand. They were jubilations that was going on, and joyous, and high fives, if you will, and just exaltation, and complete, utter joy. They're leaving Egypt behind them in the rearview mirror. And they're not only leaving them, but they're actually taking some of the wealth of Egypt with them. Verse 9, chapter 14. The Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them, encamped by the sea before Pihahiroth and before Baal-Saphon. Now, this particular situation is one in which Israel was in a no-win scenario. Egypt and all of the armies, including the best chariots and the soldiers, were pursuing behind them. And they had that report from people who carried that message to the leaders. And Moses, no doubt, I can't imagine the burden that was on him. From all of the grumbling to the jubilation upon leaving, now they think that they're in the clear, but yet what they find is that they have just walked into a trap, and Pharaoh is pursuing them with a vengeance, and he doesn't want to just bring them back to Egypt. He wants to make them an example, so that if any other people group rises up and demands their freedom, they will think twice because they will remember what he did to these Jews. So he wants to kill them. He wants to slaughter them. They can't go back, obviously, because the armies are pursuing them. They can't go to the right and they can't go to the left because the demography is there. You have the people groups that are already in those areas. You have the terrain. They can't go to the right or to the left. And they can't go ahead because what's ahead is the sea, the water. And how are they going to get across that? So they're literally boxed into a corner, if you will, and there's no way out. And they've just made Pharaoh angry. So verse 10, when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they were very afraid. The children of Israel cried out to the Lord, cried out to Yahweh. They said to Moses, Because there are no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you treated us this way, to bring us out of Egypt? Isn't this the word that we spoke to you in Egypt, saying, Leave us alone, 
that we may serve the Egyptians. For it were better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Oh my goodness, between verse 11 and verse 12, there's not only history reiterated, but you can imagine how Moses and Aaron and the leaders felt. That the people now are completely panicking because they know that there's no way out. Their mothers, their sisters, their brothers, their grandparents, the children, all of the livestock, it's all going to be gone. Everything's going to be gone. At least they had their lives in Egypt. And they remind Moses, this is what we told you at the very beginning, you troublemaker you. When you first confronted Pharaoh, he made it worse for us. He took away the straw, but he kept the quotas. We had to work harder. We were already working so hard that our life expectancy was shortened. And when we got sick or ill, we were beaten or we were thrown to the side. Now we have to work even harder and we're beaten and we're killed and the work is even more strenuous even than it was before. And it wasn't like that until you opened up your mouth. And we see this happening again and again where Pharaoh makes it more difficult for the people of Israel because they're wanting to leave and he punishes them. So there's grumblers among the group. And it says, isn't this the word that we spoke to you while we were in Egypt, saying, and reminding them of history, leave us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians. These people wanted to be slaves rather than free, because to be free and to fight for freedom was going to be costly. And they would rather serve as a slave and have their free food and their free housing, quote-unquote, free. They had to be slaves in order to get it, but they didn't have to worry about where the next meal was come from. They didn't have to worry about how the next mortgage or rent was going to be paid because it was provided by the government. It was provided by Egypt, and the food was provided by Egypt, and all their other wares were provided by the Egyptians. It wasn't fancy. They didn't have fancy food or fancy homes or fancy clothes, but they had their lives and they had their families and family was important. And all of that was provided. They just had to toe the line, whatever the government was telling them to do. So Moses, just leave us alone. We want to serve the Egyptians for it's better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. Now you've brought us out here and it's been an emotional roller coaster and our hopes were up, and we thought we saw the light at the end of the tunnel, but no, really, you've just brought us out here, and this is where we're going to die, all of us. And you can imagine people weeping and, and being distressed, and you can imagine Moses probably spending some sleepless night, knowing that there's no escape. But Moses, in verse 13, actually turns and he relies upon God as he did from the beginning, and he says in verse 13, Don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, or Yahweh, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall never see again. Verse 14, Yahweh, or the Lord, will fight for you, and you shall be still. 
Yahweh said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Speak to the children of Israel that they go forward. Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go into the midst of the sea on dry ground. I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall go in after them, and I will get my honor over Pharaoh and all of his armies, over his chariots and over his horsemen. The Egyptians shall know that I am Yahweh when I have gotten myself honor over Pharaoh, over his chariots, and over his horsemen. The angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved before them and stood behind them. It came between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel, and there was a cloud in the darkness, and yet it gave light by night, and the one did not come near the other all night. So the camps were separated. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord, or Yahweh, caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all the night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the passage of chapter 14 continues on. The children of Israel go into the midst of the sea on dry ground, and they get to the other side. The Egyptians see them. They think that they have them. They go in and pursue them, and yet their chariots now start bogging down in the mud. And they get stuck. And the Lord then allows the water to come back. And the Egyptians that they saw, they will never see again. That's the message of Exodus 14. There's so many passages in the scripture where God's people, whether a people group as a nation like this or as individuals, Daniel as an example, gets put in a situation where there is literally no way out. And yet, by prayer and fasting, they plead to God. And against all human capability, against all possibility, God intervenes and rewrites the history books. And we read about that throughout history. This is just one of those examples. There's so many. So when things happen in your life, whether it's personal, family, financial, business, your plans, with our country, with things in your state, your nation, your community, in the world that seem to just spiral out of control. Remember that with God all things are possible. Remember that it is those difficult times where we remember those throughout history. It's in difficult times where we're tested and where we ultimately grow. It's in those trying times that we really learn to rely upon the Lord. So in trying times, rely upon the Lord. And remember the passages in Exodus chapter 14. Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall be still. Peace be with you. Press into the word of God and into the Lord Jesus Christ. For more information, visit covenantjourney.org. You've been listening to the Covenant Journey podcast. We hope that we have informed, inspired, and encouraged you to deepen your faith, knowledge, and love for our Lord Jesus as we've explored the Word of God. Visit covenantjourney.org where you can obtain additional notes and information to enhance your study of the Scriptures. The website again is covenantjourney.org. You can also email us at cj at covenantjourney.org. Share this podcast with your friends. 
visit covenantjourney.org.